Park Hopping Podcast number 86, Annual Passing Thoughts. Lots of important things to say. This is not art. Coming up next in our show. This is not media. First, the news. This is not news. Now, welcome back to the show. This is another crappy podcast production. Celebrating over 12 years of posting Disney stuff on the internet. This is another crappy podcast production. Hey, fromage is a noun meaning cheese. It's French. Homage is a noun meaning respect or reverence paid or rendered. It's not French. Put them together, though, and you have www.fromagehomage.com, a community-edited encyclopedia of the many homages to real-world people, places, and things to be found in the Disney parks, resorts, and movies. Check it out and tell them the Park Hopping Podcast sent you. Hi there, this is Alan from DisneyFans.com, and this is the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 86, the podcast that proves anyone can have their own podcast. So don't be too impressed. Welcome back to the Park Hopping Podcast, recorded direct to hard disk in the beautiful sub-freezing Des Moines, Iowa, USA. The Park Hopping Podcast was the first and remains the only Des Moines, Iowa-based podcast focusing primarily on Disney theme parks, at least for now. Previously on the Park Hopping Podcast, I shared a bit of duplicate audio I recorded as part of Disneyland's It's a Small World Holiday Projection Show and Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom's Holiday Fireworks Show. Today, with a mid-December trip to Disneyland coming up, I thought it might be time to quickly revisit the topic of using an annual pass to save money on theme park admission. This time, I want to cover why a seemingly more expensive annual pass can actually be cheaper. How simply planning ahead can save you money? Some ways to get in on blackout days? and some ways to save money purchasing admission in the first place. All this and much more, or less, on today's exciting, or just today's, episode of the Park Hopping Podcast. Now before I get started, I did want to apologize for this episode being a bit late this week. I actually recorded a complete version of this episode, then decided to scrap it and start all over using some additional information and tips provided to me by my friend Steve in Southern California, and some helpful folks at the Disneyland Guest Relations phone number. Hopefully this will make this version a bit more accurate and useful. Now, historically, I've had an annual pass to either Disneyland or Walt Disney World, or both, every year since 1995. An annual pass is good for 365 days from the time you buy it, and if you renew the pass for another year before it expires, Disney offers you a nice discount. But in all these years, I don't believe I've ever actually renewed an annual pass. I'll just let them expire, then I start all over and buy a brand new one on my next visit. Now, Disney will tell you renewing will save you time, which is true, but since they still have me active in their computer system anyway, it's still a quick process. At Disneyland, where they take your picture and then they issue you a credit card-like pass with your photo on it, they can even reuse your previous photo so you don't even have to spend time taking a new one. Since pass renewals are offered at a discount, it might seem like I'm wasting money by not taking advantage of this money-saving renewal offer. So let me explain first how I actually use the pass and why I don't take advantage of this money-saving renewal offer. Please note this information is targeted mostly to the Disneyland Resort in California. The Disney World Pass system is quite different and doesn't offer as many options or benefits. 
Also note, this information is most useful for visiting tourists like myself. If you're a local who can go to the park every month, a renewal probably does make more sense. But for a tourist who may only go once a year, you can actually save more money by not renewing since renewing pays for months you're not going to be able to use the pass. So first, some background on the Disneyland Annual Pass program. Disneyland offers several types of annual passes. One type is available only to Southern California residents, and the other types are offered to anyone. I'll just be talking about the non-Southern California passes in this episode. So this leaves us with two basic choices. A deluxe annual pass, currently for $269, and a premium annual pass, which is currently $389. Both are good for 365 days, but the deluxe pass has blackout days where you can't use it to enter the parks, so it's really only good for 315 days during that one-year period. On those blackout days, you can buy a discounted single-day blackout park hopper ticket, currently for $40. But if you plan to do this more than three times during the year, it's going to be cheaper just to buy the premium pass, which has no blackout days and also includes parking. So my first money-saving tip is how to avoid the extra cost of parking. If you're driving to Disneyland, be aware that parking is currently $12 a day. You don't have to drive, of course. Unlike at Walt Disney World, in Anaheim, there are dozens and dozens of hotels of all price ranges and qualities within blocks of the theme parks, so you could actually just walk from your hotel to either Disneyland or Disney's California Adventure. If you don't want to walk, many of the hotels also offer shuttle service that will drop you off at the parks, so you might not actually need to pay for parking each day. But if walking a few blocks back to a hotel after the park closes at midnight and after you've been walking around all day is not your idea of a good ending to the day, or perhaps you don't like having to stick to the timetable of some hotel shuttle, or perhaps the hotel shuttles just stop running before you're done exploring downtown Disney, well, you may prefer to drive your car and park at either the surface parking lot near Disney's California Adventure or in the Mickey and Friends parking structure across from Disneyland. In either of these cases, your daily cost to visit Disneyland is now 12 bucks higher. So, instead of paying for parking each day, you can add parking to a deluxe annual pass for just $59 more. That's a $328 version of the pass. If you plan to park for five days during the year your pass is good, it's cheaper to buy this version of the pass since it includes parking. Again, if you stay with Disney or you walk each day or you take a hotel shuttle, you can save that $59 or $12 a day and just buy the normal deluxe pass. But if you drive, remember... Only one person in your group needs to have parking on their pass, so a group of four could each have deluxe passes, but only one needs to add the parking option. This, of course, assumes that everyone carpools each day. Now we've covered some basic annual pass options. Uh, Why even bother with an annual pass if you're not a local who can get to the park multiple times in a year? Well, if you only plan to go for a few days and not return for over a year, you probably will save money just by buying a normal multi-day pass, unless you plan to spend a lot inside the resort on food and souvenirs. More on this in a moment. Just like at Walt Disney World, the cost per day to visit Disneyland goes down the more days you stay. A one-day single-park adult ticket is currently $69, and a one-day park hopper ticket is $94. A two-day park hopper is $143, which is $71 a day. 
So buying a two-day park hopper is about the same cost as buying two single-day non-park hopping passes. A three-day pass is $199, or $66 a day. A four-day pass is $224, or $56 per day. A five-day pass is $244, or $48 per day. And a six-day pass is $249, or $41 per day. Now, that's not too bad considering that uh, the price of a single-day admission to Disneyland in 1995 was $34. So you actually can get a day's admission very close to what it was 13 years ago if you're buying a multi-day pass. Of course, back then, a multi-day pass was even cheaper. As you can see, once you commit to visiting for one day with a $94 park hopper, it's only $49 to add that second day. Then it's $56 to add a third day. It seems Disney gears these discounts towards a two-day visit, which makes sense since there are two theme parks, but I still found it surprising that the cost to add the third day actually was higher than adding the second day. Anyway, after you're at three days, that's the $199 pass, $25 more gets you four days, and from four days, $20 more gets you five days, then lastly, you can spend five stinking more dollars to go to six days. Now it's starting to sound like those magic your way passes at Walt Disney World. So you can spend from $94 for a one-day park hopper all the way up to $249 for a six-day park hopper. And although they don't list them on the website, you actually can buy longer passes, but you probably wouldn't want to. See, if you plan to spend a full six days at Disneyland, that six-day park hopper pass is $249. So for just 20 bucks more, you can have a year-long annual pass, though that pass will have some blackout days, while the normal ticket would not. Now, if you can plan around those blackout days, and you think there's a chance you might return within 365 days, you should see that this option immediately makes your admission cost for those two trips almost half as much as buying multiple-day, uh, multi-day tickets each visit. Plus, those multi-day passes will most likely cost even more by the time you visit next year. Also, over the course of six days, if you paid the $12 parking fee each day, that's an extra $72 right there, and that makes the total price for your six days only $6 less than the price of a deluxe pass that has parking added. For those who take shorter Disneyland trips, this still works. A three-day pass is $199, so even if you just plan to go three days now and then three days again next year, you'd be spending $398, and that's more than even the price of a premium annual pass. So really, the key here is figuring out, will you use your pass for two multi-day visits over a 365-day period? So here's an example. First, let's say you choose to go for five days in the spring, just before the summer crowds arrive. Let's say you select the week of May 20th for your visit. You arrive on May 20th and buy a year-long deluxe annual pass for the current price of $269. Though if you're thinking about this now, be aware that that price will probably cost more by the time you actually get there to buy it next May. More on this in a moment. Now next year, if you plan another spring Disneyland trip for five days, you just started at least five days earlier before your pass expires on May 20th. So maybe you visit from May 15th to the 20th next year. Now you've gotten two complete visits out of a $269 annual pass, making the cost of each visit only $135. 
and that's $109 cheaper each visit than the current three-day pass price of $244. So basically, this saves you uh, $218 over two trips versus buying regular admission. Now, if you factor in the cost of parking from those two five-day trips, that's another $120, you're going to see the savings are even greater. Incidentally, never trust a podcast for accurate information. All these prices can be found at Disneyland.com, and if you check Disneyland.com yourself, you'll see that May actually does contain some blackout days where a deluxe pass could not be used, so this example would not work. Basically, every Saturday in May is blacked out. If you planned your trip to uh, be between Sunday and Friday, you'd be fine. But just keep in mind, if you go with a deluxe pass, you need to plan around the days you can't use the pass or just budget and spend more money on a premium pass. But there may be a way to work around some of those blackout days, at least on your first visit. More on this in a moment. So... Here's my strategy. I get at least the deluxe pass with parking, and I try to visit at least twice during 365 days. When I was able to afford more trips, I'd often make a summer and a December visit to Disneyland, which would let me use my pass for three trips. At that point, the cost per trip gets ridiculously cheap, It's at least as far as admission goes. Imagine how those locals must feel using a discounted Southern California pass and visiting so often their cost per day is like, you know, eight bucks or something, and that that must be nice. But I digress. For those paying attention by now, I've mentioned several times about how I'd be mentioning more on this, whatever this was at the moment, in a moment. So let's get to that moment right now. Moment number one. Saving money on food and souvenirs. First, I mentioned that for those planning to make just one visit in a year, quote, you probably will save money just by buying a normal multi-day pass unless you plan to spend a lot inside the resorts on food and souvenirs. More on this in a moment, end quote. The unless part is the important part because the deluxe annual pass offers a 10% discount at many Disneyland Resort restaurants when you spend at least $10. So if a family spends 100 bucks a day eating in the parks, that's an extra $10 savings per day. Between saving $12 a day on parking plus these dining discounts, they could easily be saving $22 a day or more depending on how much they park and eat. I mean, you know, for a heavy eater, even if you don't return in a year, having one person in the group buy the pass just for food discounts could save more than the cost difference between a normal multi-day pass and the annual pass. And for those who like to buy Disney stuff, the premium annual pass offers a 10% merchandise discount. So before you buy that $300 collectible Disney item, realize that having this pass could save you $30 off of that item. And the premium dining discount is as much as 15% at some places. And speaking of some places, many of the shops and restaurants in downtown Disney that are not owned or ran by Disney also offer discounts to pass holders. I've saved all my Disney receipts and added up the savings the pass has uh, saved me. And I'm pretty sure if you buy enough stuff, that annual pass is basically free. And I'm not even one of those rich podcasters who has people sending him money all the time so he can buy expensive Disney trinkets at the parks. Anyway, the, the pass also offers discounts at the Disney hotels. So if you plan to stay at a $500 a night Disney hotel, you might find that the pass pays for itself on just that hotel room alone. 
just do the math. In my, my view, if it's just a bit more to get the annual pass, I'm willing to take the chance that I'm going to save money. Maybe I'll decide to buy something I wasn't planning on buying and I'll be glad I had the pass. Maybe I decide to splurge and eat the Blue Bayou restaurant when I was only planning on eating corn dogs. Heck, maybe I'll find myself back in California in a few months on some unexpected trip and just be able to use the pass to go in. I just kind of like having the annual pass just in case. And so far, I've always managed to come out ahead by having it. Once I have the pass, I know that for a couple hundred bucks, I can hop on a plane and be out at Disneyland and uh, have a good time over a weekend for less money than some of the road trips I've taken during the summer. Okay, so moment number two, saving money by planning ahead. Uh, earlier, I mentioned that when looking at annual pass prices today, I added, quote, be aware that the price will probably cost more by the time you actually buy it next May. More on this in a moment, end quote. Yes, as shocking as it may seem, it's true. Disney raises their prices, usually at least once a year. When I visited Disneyland in 1995, a single-day Disneyland pass was only $34, I think. Today, 13 years later, a single Disneyland pass is $69, or $94 for a park hopper. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if the price of an annual pass or any other kind of ticket goes higher next year, like it has every year since I bought my first one back in 95. So you might think it's worth renewing a pass to get the renewal discount and lock in that lower price today, but before you do that, think about when you plan to use the pass again. If you go in May 2009, then again in May 2010, right before your pass expires, you might be tempted to renew your pass before you leave. But if you do that, you'll be starting your pass over that May, and it'll be expiring in May 2011. You've basically wasted a year of the pass if you don't plan to come back until May the following year. So in that case, it's much cheaper to buy a pass, use it for your 2009 and 2010 visits, then let it expire for most of this next year, and then buy a new pass when you visit again in 2011. Of course, if you plan to go more frequently than once a year, as long as you can get at least two visits on a pass, you're still saving money, so it might be fine to renew. But I'm still pretty sure it might be cheaper to let the pass expire for a few months and then start all over with a full year, then pay for a few months you can't use. But I'm too lazy to do the math and see if that's true. It's just a podcaster speculation, but you're used to that. So if renewing isn't really a way to save money, how can you save money? Well, an annual pass starts the day you use it, not the day you buy it. So if you're planning a trip next May, you might... Well, you, you might want to just buy that pass today and just hold on to it until your trip. If the price goes up before you use it, you can still turn in your voucher for the pass. There is an expiration date on the uh, voucher, and you may want to ask Disney about that when you're making the purchase, but even the Disney Ticket Center has told me that they've honored unused vouchers from over five years ago, no problem. But just like cheating fast pass return times, to be safe, you want to be aware of that expiration date. So if you know you have a trip coming up and your budget allows, buy your pass as soon as you can, whether it's an annual pass or a normal ticket. This could save you a bit of money if or when, I should say, the price goes up before your trip. Moment number three, avoiding blackout days. Earlier I said, quote, there may be a way to work around some of those blackout days, at least on your first visit. More on this in a moment, end quote. In my example about May, 
which ends up having blackout days on Saturdays, it would have actually still been possible to make my trip start on a Saturday, even though that was a blackout day. This is because Disney lets you in on the day you buy your pass, even if that day is a blackout day. I've actually had trips where I arrived on a weekend day that was blacked out, but the rest of the week was not. I knew I could start a pass on that day and get in, so I had no need to buy the premium pass just to cover that one blackout day. That's just something to think about, and thanks to Steve for reminding me of this. Another way to avoid blackout days is a bit more, uh, sneaky. Say you begin your trip at a time that has blackout days. Uh, For instance, for Thanksgiving Day weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday are all blacked out. If you're planning on starting a Disney vacation on Thanksgiving, your only options would be to buy a normal ticket for those days, or a premium annual pass. The sneaky part is that Disney will allow you to upgrade from one type of ticket to a higher priced ticket even after you've used some of the first ticket. So you could start your trip by buying a four-day pass on Thanksgiving. Then before you use that fourth day, you could upgrade that multi-day pass to a deluxe annual pass. You might even be able to upgrade on the final day of the pass, but I'm not real sure about that, so when in doubt, be sure to ask Disney. For all I know, this policy may change between the time I finish recording this sentence and the time you download this podcast to your computer. Oh, and speaking of upgrading, you can also upgrade from a deluxe annual pass to a premium annual pass later in the year if you ever need to. Back when I used to be in California many times a year, I'd start out buying the cheapest pass that would get me into the park on the days I was visiting for. Then if I visited again during a time when there were blackout days, I'd just upgrade the pass to the next level, a premium pass. In the past, Disney would even prorate this amount. So if it costs $120 more for a premium over a deluxe pass, the upgrade price during the first month was $120. The second month, it would cost $110, and so on. So if I didn't upgrade until the 12th month, right before my deluxe pass expired, it was only $10. Unfortunately, Disney, they no longer do this, so it's no longer a money savings trick. But if I do come back during a time where a whole three-day weekend is blackened out, well, it might still be cheaper to upgrade the annual pass than buy separate admission. And finally, here is a reason you shouldn't trust podcasters for accurate information. I've left some stuff out here. While the numbers I presented in this episode are accurate as of the day I put this podcast together, they might not be by the time you listen to this. You should always check with the official Disney website rather than rely on some guy yammering into a microphone in his parents' basement. You should also see if there are any sales. Often Disneyland will offer advanced tickets online at a cheaper price than what you'd pay at the gate. For instance, right now, if you buy a six-day park hopper pass from the Disneyland website, it's $209 instead of $249. That saves you an easy $40. The five-day pass is discounted by $40, the four-day pass is $30 less, and the three-day pass is $20 less. These savings are great, but still may not be better than an annual pass if you make more than one trip on it. For instance, two trips using five-day passes at the $204 discounted rate would cost $408. And that's still more money than even a premium pass. So my point remains that two trips on an annual pass is the cheapest way to go, even when compared to discounted tickets offered online or by places like AAA, Auto Club, or Costco. Oh, and speaking of Costco, right now, some Southern California Costco stores are offering a deluxe Disneyland pass for $269. Can you believe it? Just $269. 
Yeah, 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 that's the same price you'd pay at Disneyland. But at Costco, they also throw in a bonus $50 Disney gift card. The best part is you can even use this $50 gift card to upgrade the Deluxe Pass to a Premium Pass, making the total cost of a Premium Pass only $339, which is about $10 more than buying a Deluxe Pass with parking. So that's quite a deal. Why wouldn't you do that? And, as my friend Steve pointed out, if you started your visit on a weekend with two blackout days in a row, you could buy and use your pass on the first blackout day, then use that $50 card towards a $40 blackout day pass, getting you in on two blackout days while still leaving $10 extra in your pocket to spend on churros and popcorn. Now, now that's a deal. So, when I make my next visit... I'll still be using the annual pass I bought last December, but for someone visiting for the first time, this Costco offer is an easy way for them to effectively save $50. And if the trip was planned during a week with no blackout days, that would make their annual pass effectively $219, and a Disneyland annual pass hasn't been that low in years. So while there still may not be too many ways to actually save money off of a Disney admission other than an occasional sell, auto club discount, or wholesale store special offer, there are many ways to save a good deal of money by using an annual pass for multiple visits and taking advantage of free parking as well as food and shopping discounts. Since Walt Disney World doesn't offer multiple types of annual passes and discounts in the park are almost non-existence out there, Florida visitors may have a much harder time justifying an annual pass. But in general, if you can take advantage of the discounts and benefits offered, it's pretty easy to figure out how many days you need to visit before an annual pass is actually cheaper uh, than buying normal admission. This is just something I hope you will think about, especially if you're someone who's never even considered having an annual pass. I mean, heck, if you just plan to buy a lot of Disney junk on your trip, just having the annual pass solely for the discounts might be enough to make it worthwhile. So check it out the next time you're planning a trip, and speaking of checking things out, the next time you're there, be sure to take an extra picture, shoot some extra video, because you really never know when something you like, love, or hate is going to go away and never be around again. And take a picture of that sign that shows the ticket prices each trip so you can go back and go, wow, I remember when annual passes were only $389. And on that note, I think that'll do it for me this time. So be sure to visit DisneyFans.com where you can browse around 58,000 digital pictures I've taken at Disneyland, Disney World, and other theme parks across the country, as well as dozens of downloadable video files from the Disney parks. If you want to drop me a note, my email address is podcast at DisneyFans.com. Drop by anothercrappypodcast.com and add yourself to my listener map. And uh, again, send me a note. This has been the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 86, Annual Passing Thoughts. Thanks for listening. Another Crappy Podcast production. Be sure to visit anothercrappypodcast.com to learn more about this and other equally exciting <sighs> podcasts. Hey, if you're planning a trip to Walt Disney World and plan to stay off-site, and you've ever wondered what the deal is with all those cheap ticket timeshare promotions, visit DisneyFans.com secret. You can get a special deal at a luxury resort, all by enjoying a great breakfast while taking a tour and listening to a self-pitch. That's DisneyFans.com secret.